Wasn't that a beautiful song? And so well sung by Taylor. So well sung. He's our shepherd. And we're his sheep. And we're the sheep of his pasture. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning? Our Heavenly Father, that you are our shepherd, our Lord and Savior. And we just thank you, Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ who leads us and guides us through this world. Help us to live for him and stand for him and honor him in everything we do. Please hide me now behind the cross, Lord, and just pray that the message will be a blessing to all of our hearts. We pray if anyone's here and doesn't know the Lord, that they will come to know Jesus today, because that is true knowledge and true blessing to be born again. We just thank you in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. You may have heard this story before, but it's, it goes with the message today. George Whitefield, the great British evangelist, was speaking to a man about his soul. He asked the man, Sir, what do you believe? I believe what my church believes, the man replied. And what is your church belief? The preacher inquired again. We both believe the same thing, was the only answer he could give. You know, I fear today among many Christians and many churches, they don't know what they believe. Many people come to church, they've been going to church for years, but they don't really know what they believe. They don't know what they stand for. And if you ask them, they'll be like this man. I believe what my church believes. But we have to have our own personal belief. We have to have our own personal faith in Christ. We have to know him in our lives. Not just about him, but to know him. That's the key. That's the difference between a true believer and somebody who is just a professing Christian. Just a churchgoer. Somebody that goes through the motions. God wants us to know the truth, to be able to articulate the truth, and to be able to stand and defend the truth. The title of our message today is Contend Earnestly for the Faith. It's found in Jude chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, reading from the New King James Version. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Verse 4, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. You know, you've often heard of preachers. It's happened to me. It's happened to Adel and different other preachers. You have a message that you have prepared and thought about, and you, you, but you don't have a piece about it. And the Lord changes your message and gives you something different. And that's what happened with Jude. He started off with a desire to encourage people in their common salvation. 
In other words, it's common to all Christians, our salvation. But he realized that there were false teachers. They were creeping into the church. The, uh, the doctrines were being eroded even in the first century. Think how much more even today. We have so many false cults, so many false religions. And it's so sad today that the devil, what he does is he attacks those people who are going to these like large denominational churches that don't preach the gospel. And he attacks them and he gets them to go off. And that's why sometimes people are sucked into these cults. They're sucked in. And we have to be on our guard 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have to be prepared. We have to know the Bible. And we have to know what we believe. And we have to stand on it. So that when the devil comes and presents his false package of evil, we'll know the difference. The devil always presents it like a sandwich. A couple of pieces of truth, the bread, and then in the middle he puts the evil. And so we have to hear it and we have to say, wait a minute, I'm going to test the spirit to see if it's of God. And if it doesn't match up with the Bible, we don't want it. We won't preach it, we won't teach it, we won't hear of it, we want to follow God's word 100% of the time. Bill McDonald commented on this. He said in his commentary, a simple doctrinal essay would no longer do. It must be a fervent appeal that would strengthen the readers. They must be stirred up to contend earnestly for the faith. Attacks were being made on the sacred deposit of Christian truth and efforts were already launched to whittle away the great fundamental doctrines. God's people must stand uncompromisingly for the inspiration, inerrancy, and authority and a sufficiency of God's word. I love that, what he wrote. You know, I can't wait to see my brother Bill McDonald again. He taught me so much from the word of God and I'm so thankful for him. One day we're going to see him and we're going to see all the saints that have gone before us and we're going to be with them and with the Lord forever. Paul knew what he believed. He was confident in it. And he said in 2 Timothy 1.12, For this reason I suffer the loss of these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. That day is the coming of the Lord. That day is when we stand before the Lord. From now until then, we have to stand for the truth, for the faith. We're not just talking about our faith, we're talking about the faith, the whole body of truth of the gospel and of the word of God. We need to know it and we need to show it. The three things that we're going to look for today is, number one, to declare the faith. Number two is to display the faith. And number three is to defend the faith. Before we can declare the faith, we have to know what we believe, like Paul did. And he was persuaded. He was confident in it. And he has given us his truth. And then once we know it, we can share it with others. You know, you can't contend for the faith if you don't know what the doctrine is and you don't know what you believe.
In Acts chapter 14 and verse 22, and 1 and 22, we see that Paul here is writing and he says, And when they had preached the gospel to the city and returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying we, we must through many tribulations enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I think every one of us here who've known the Lord and do know the Lord can say that we must enter into the kingdom of God going through many different trials. And the devil is going to attack. And it's amazing. I love what Mike shared at the breaking of bread and what Rick shared at the scripture memory class. It all goes along with this, that we would use the word of God and stand for it. There's no room for argument. There's no room for debate. There's no room for compromise. The faith is unequivocal. Unequivocal. And if anybody doubts it and doesn't believe it, don't listen to them because we have to stand for the truth and for the word and for our faith. When we quote the Bible, God's holy word, it has great power. You don't have to say anything. The Spirit of God can speak right through the Word. But it doesn't mean we can't share and comment on it and so forth. But the Word of God has power. It's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, even to the joints and marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's our next memory verse in the class, is uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It's a wonderful thing. And when we stand on what we believe in, who is Jesus Christ, and we believe that he died for our sins on the cross and rose again, we are taking our stand for the gospel. That is the gospel in a nutshell. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That in 1 Corinthians 15 is what we call the gospel in a nutshell. That tells it all right there. He died for us. He rose and he lives and he is with us each and every day of our lives. I'll teach you a theological term today. You may have heard of it or not heard of it, but the theological term is really a practical one too is called apologetics. And Christian apologetics is the argumentation for the Bible. It's taking reasonable and rational arguments. It just, you can't just say, I feel this or I think this. We have to have arguments that we can give to people in a very loving and good way sharing with them the faith in Christ, our faith in Christ, our testimony, and God will use it in their lives. The definition of apologetics is reasoned arguments or writings in justification of something, typically a theory or religious doctrine. I really like what Warren Wiersbe, the great Bible commentator, said about this. He said, but the Spirit of God changed his mind and led Jude to write about the battle against the forces of evil in the world. Now, I'm sure you've noticed over the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 
Things are getting worse. There's more evil in the world today than there ever was before. And maybe there's more evil now than maybe all the evil that existed before combined. Because we're living in the last days. We're living in evil times. We can't believe everything people tell us. We have to base it on the Word of God. I mean, you can't even turn on the television set nowadays without getting defiled by so many things. Commercials are defiling. TV shows, movies, we have to be very, very careful out there. So that's our first point this morning. We need to declare the faith. We need to stand on it. We need to know what we believe and be able to communicate it to others. Secondly, and very importantly, we need to display the faith. If we say we're Christians, we have to live like Christians. Otherwise, people won't listen to what we have to say. What do they call that? Hypocrite. It's a hypocrite. If you say one thing and you do another. So many Christians, they go to church on Sunday. They hear the sermon. It goes in this ear. It comes out that ear. Then they go Monday morning to work, and things haven't changed. They're still living that way in the world. They're not... They're not living the truth 24-7, and so it makes it difficult. And we have to be able to display the truth. And we want to share the truth and not be confrontational or contentious, but we want to share the truth in love. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. See, in humility, correcting. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. One of the worst things we can do is get into these arguments with people. And I learned that many years ago. It's so true. If, if somebody only wants to argue with you, they don't want to know the, the Lord. They don't want to know the truth. But if they come with sincerity and have questions and honestly really want to know what the Bible says and what it means and how to get saved, that's different. But we don't want to get into arguments because that never profits anything. But we want to be able to share with them. We have to practice what we preach and then people will be affected. Someone once said it is a greater thing to obey the word of the Lord than to preach it. We have to obey it because otherwise it won't work. So we need to display the faith. How is, the, how is that going in our lives? Are we displaying our faith? Do people see it? Do they recognize that our lives have been changed? And the only way for a person's life to be changed is through the power of the Holy Spirit coming to Jesus and said, Lord, I blew it. I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. I've fallen short of your perfect standards. And Jesus took my sins on the cross and he bore them so that I can be forgiven. And when we accept him as our Lord and as our Savior, our lives will never be the same again. They will be so much better. And third, not only are we to declare the faith and not only are we to display the faith, but we are to defend the faith. Uh, our brother Mike was mentioning that uh, hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers, and about how we're in a fight. And we are in a fight. We're in the fight of our lives. 
we're fighting for the truth. And we have to, we have to win. We have to win the battle. And I love that song that said, Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. And we need to, to be those who fight the good fight of faith and contend earnestly for the faith. Paul said at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul knew what he believed. He kept it all the way through. Even it meant martyrdom for him. He did it. He did it for the Lord who saved him and changed his life. And Paul defended the truth. He, he became the greatest proponent of the Christian faith. And he, before that, as Bill was mentioning at the breaking of bread, in Acts chapter 9 when he got saved, he was the biggest op opponent of the Christian faith. He was arresting Christians, taking them back to Jerusalem, putting them into jail and prison, and even killing Christians. And he became the greatest follower of Christ down to his last dying breath. And that's the way we should fight the good fight of faith every day. In 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, we're going to see a movie coming up here at the church one of these days on a Friday evening that's based on the life of Peter. And remember, Peter denied the Lord three times. But later in life, when he was confronted by Nero and all these different people, he stood for the truth. He didn't back down. He stood for Christ. He witnessed for Christ. And when it came time for them to crucify Peter, which they did, he said, do me a favor. Please let me be crucified upside down because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to die like my Lord did. It's a great movie, and I hope you'll be able to come and we'll have it on a Friday night for everyone. It'll be a blessing. I saw it on on my TV at home, and it was, it's a great movie. In the introductory notes, and every Bible has them in the introductory notes. I don't know if you can see that, but each book of the Bible has notes about kind of summarizing what's in that book. And this one is so fantastic. And in my study Bible, it says this, fight, contend, do battle. When apostasy arises, when false teachers emerge, when the truth of God is attacked, it is time to fight for the faith. Only believers who are spiritually in shape can answer the summons. Will you answer the summons? Will you answer the call? We have to all do it. We all have to stand for the truth. The definition of earnestly is with sincere and intense conviction, seriously. The word contending has to do with the Greek word which comes from the world of wrestling. And when you have two wrestlers, they call them grapplers, and they wrestle each other to see who wins the match, right? And we are in a fight, and we are in a wrestling match, and we are fighting against the devil. And it says in Ephesians 6, 13 to 14, 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. It's going to be interesting to see when the Lord comes, how many are really standing among his people. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And every Christian, from the youngest to the oldest, needs to be prepared to share. Prepare to share. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and always be ready, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear. That is so important to do. If somebody asks you, well, what is your hope? What, what makes you so happy? What makes you so joyful all the time? We need to not say, well, I, that's just my personality. I grew up that way. My parents taught me. No. We have the joy and the peace and the confidence because of what Christ did for us. And that's what we should give the glory to the Lord and tell people that it's not me, it's Jesus. He's the one who is our hope and our confidence. The hymn writer said, and I love this hymn, one of the lines says, I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died, and that he died for me. So true. So to conclude our message today, let's remember it's our responsibility to share our faith with others, but it's also our responsibility to contend earnestly for the faith, to, to know what we believe, to stand on it, and to not back down, not compromise with the evil things that are going on in this world. It takes much preparation and hard work to contend earnestly for the faith, to declare the faith. We must know it, and we must be able to share it. And it's also very important to display the faith, to display it to others so that people will see and give all the glory to the Lord. And most important, it's important to defend the faith using rational and reasonable arguments, spoken from the word of God, spoken out of love, not in a contentious or argumentative way. To conclude the message, I'd just like to quote from the hymn writer, George Duffield, who wrote in his hymn, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead, till every foe is conquered, and Christ is Lord indeed. Shall we just conclude in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the good news of the gospel, that Christ died on the cross for us, and all we need to do is believe in him, trust in him, confess our sins and repent, and get right with God. And if there's anyone here today, Lord, that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, don't let them walk out the door without receiving you. Help their life to be changed and touched forever. 
And Lord, help us to take hold of the Christian faith and defend it and to contend earnestly for the faith, Lord. And we just pray you'll take us home safely and help us to go on our way rejoicing in the love and the grace of God. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen.